Alright guys, welcome to the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this is... Fuck, bro. What happened? <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck. Alright, we're starting over. Okay. Alright guys, welcome to episode 71 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this week we talk about um, the history of the Atlanta Falcons and they're just absolutely fucking devastating collapse in the Super Bowl. Um, we talk about Hades being a thirty game, uh, thirty dollar game with the content of a fucking sixty dollar triple A title. Mm. Um, uh, we talk about my bets coming through. Uh, finally, shout out to shout out to that. Um, <laughs> we talk about uh, spooky season coming back, and we talk about our favorite samples and rap music. Right, our top three for yep. each of us. Yep. And uh, lastly, I would like to say that in the middle there, um, we talk about the uh, most egregious. The, the most aggressive, the most aggressive uh, jerk off of, of someone <laughs> in a movie that isn't. Uh, e- it's not even as bad as what is it? The Lighthouse? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not even that bad. It's more and that's not even the worst part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is hair and makeup. <laughs> but first. As usual, start with what we've been watching. Yep, yep. Um, and I'm just gonna go ahead and start. Uh, okay. I watched, yeah. I watched uh, my fantasy team just lose in heartbreaking fashion as I scored <laughs> the second most points this week, and then lost to the guy who scored the most. Uh, um, so that was yeah. that was hateful. I think we 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 when we were doing our uh, fantasy football episode, I think we talked about that about how that's like one of the curses of like that and like. You know, missing out on the playoffs for like a dumb reason or something, but I think that was like number one in terms of just like annoyances. When it's like, really, like everybody else except that guy. Okay, fine. And and the thing is, is like, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I was talking too much shit early because the thing is, is that like, my favorite thing to do is just talk shit, and I don't even like, I just like talking shit for for no reason. Like like, I don't think anybody's taking this fantasy football shit to heart, but I still aggressively talk shit because I think it's funny. <laughs> um, and so I was like, oh, maybe I was talking too much shit earlier, but then I thought about it and I was like, I scored the second most. I lost by like seven points. And that's after DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Lockett and Darren Waller all combined for 10 fucking points. Like, <laughs> like yeah. they all, like they all combined for like one good receiver game, like, <laughs> right, like, exactly. one, like average receiver game. I was like, fuck. So maybe I'm still okay, but it hurt. <laughs> and that's how I felt. When um when I mean when I lost this week because I I lost because Mc, I had McCaffrey and he was out and he you know he was down after three points and I lost by five I think I ended up losing by five no I ended up losing by four I would have won if I would have had five more um so I was like you know what fuck it like you know I'll, I'll get another running back next week and it, it is what it is like it, it's about you know it'll even even it'll balance itself out like I think last year when I won the championship or when I won the whole thing I think I was like two and two maybe or one and okay. one 
or maybe two and yeah. three or something like that. So, you know, there's plenty of time, but still, it's like it's those little moments when you go, "Damn it, if I would put this guy instead of that guy," or you know, whatever. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing I want to briefly touch on is that uh, the fucking somehow the mo- most stressful part of my bet was the Cardinals beating the Jaguars for a second because the Saints came through and pounced on the fucking Patriots. And then the Cardinals beat the Jaguars on my, on my uh, two-team parlay last week. And uh, nice, it nice. brought to mind a crazy stat to me, which is I have a list of the five uh, league leaders in passing yards in the NFL right now, right? Mm-hmm. Derek Carr at 12.03. That was surprising on its own. Um, number two is Tom Brady with 1,087. Murray's 1,005 for the Cardinals. Uh, Herbert is 9.56, and Matt Stafford is 9.42, right? So that's over three games. Jameis Winston has 387 yards over three games, and they're 2-1. and one. What the fuck is <laughs> happening? And like, I think he has like seven or eight touchdowns. Yeah, his touchdown percentage is 11. So that means like one out of every ten throws he makes is a fucking touchdown, but he's only thrown <laughs> for 380 yards. I just don't understand. Oh boy, fucking Jameis! All right, yeah. well, I think that, if you extrapolate, it, it's like two thousand yards and like what, like twenty something touchdowns, thirty something touchdowns. <laughs> That's so stupid. That's so ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, I just, I just thought that was interesting. Like, how, how can you have, like, and he's not playing like bad. Well, hold on, week two he was bad, but like he's not playing like terrible. It's just like you're not doing anything and still somehow like it's just the weirdest thing <laughs> like you don't expect that team to be two and one um but it is what it is uh so that's all i wanted to talk about with football so let's uh let's move on to something you've watched or, or done recently yeah so uh this week um i finished i watched a movie and i finished up a youtube series that i had mentioned on here before and i'll start with the youtube series just because this one's just like it's the good thing that i watched (laughs) and so um i finished up (laughs) on youtube i mentioned um the history of the Atlanta falcons made by uh john boyce and he's like a he's just like a, a filmmaker and he does it for secret base which is like a youtube channel i think they're owned by sp nation but uh and so I think when I when I last watched it, I think I got I, I was like an, an episode or two in, an hour or two in, um, but I finally finished it, all seven parts. Each one is about like an hour maybe, um, and okay. then the last one, part seven, is about an hour and a half. And I mean, it's it's pretty much just like a short series, like a show. Um, and it was fantastic. It was so good. Um, I think each part gets a good chunk of time. Like I think even. You know, I was talking about how you know he focuses on the 80s and 90s or the 70s and 60s and stuff, but I feel like that gets as much time as the new stuff. And he talks about how you know the stuff now, the the 2008, basically from like Matt Ryan onward, um, they're kind of like uh, completely different from. He said he mentions it. He's like basically anytime they go from the moment that it went from HD to now, it's like a whole new world for the Falcons, right? Um, because, uh, they just like have won a lot, but they've also had some horrific losses and, but anyway, so, so the, the series as a whole is supremely interesting, but I would say that the, the, my favorite part was watching the finale all at at, at once. Cause what I had been doing is that I would like, you know, while I'm eating dinner, I'll watch like 15 minute chunks here or like when I'm getting ready for bed, 10 minutes there, or like when I'm, 
you know, I got a little break during work. I'll be like, let me go do the laundry and I'll watch like five minutes of it, you know, or whatever. Um, but Sunday, um, I was, um, home for a little while. And so I was, you know what? I'm just going to go rip, rip off the bandaid, get it over with and just watch the whole, all of episode seven and episode seven focuses on pretty much, I think from 20, maybe not Matt Ryan, but it's like, no, it's Super Bowl. It's pretty much from 2015 to now. And it is, it's like, I, what can I say? What is it? It's like watching Titanic or like watching, uh, any biopic where the artist is murdered, like Selena, or I don't know, something else like that, or any movie mm-hmm. where where you know it's going to happen and it's bad, but you're like, I really don't want it to happen bad this time, mm-hmm. because you're watching it and he's describing Super Bowl, uh, I think it was fifty Super Bowl fifty one against the Patriots, and he's like, you know, it was the ultimate, it, it was the first football game to like mean something because it wasn't just the Super Bowl team, right? Because it was. You know, Donald Trump had just won the election and it was his team against, you know, a team that comes from a black city, you know, basically a liberal city, you know, in Georgia and stuff. And he was like, it was like the ultimate battle. Right. And he talks about how they're, you know, they're up 25 to three or 28 to three or whatever. And he's like, oh, you know, the statistics say, what is that win probability? And you see the win probability uh, little chart just go down from like 99.6 and it just keeps trickling down lower and lower and stuff. And mm-hmm. as you as I'm watching it, I was like, you kind of as I'm watching it, every time something bad happens, I'm just like, fuck, man! Like you just don't want because you know what's <laughs> happening, you know what's coming, and you wanted to, to, you know, you hope that this time it's different, right? Like when I was a kid, I used to watch, like I said, Titanic or Selena, and you'd be like, maybe this time I'm watching the movie, you know, <laughs> they, they won't crash the iceberg and they'll live happily ever after, or you know, she won't be murdered. Like it'll be like this time it'll be different, but of course that's not how it works. And so I'm like, damn, dude, like ah. And he's like, Julio catch, Julio Jones makes this catch. So all you got to do is just, you know, kick a uh, cheap shot field goal, right? Well, mm-hmm. not if, you know, this guy holds and then this and then Matt Ryan gets sacked. Now you're at a field goal. What do you do? You got to punt it. And it's just like, dude, and, it, and you see it coming and it's just like this slow moving boulder. And it's it, and then when it hits and when he describes, you know, what it's like. And he's like, you know, no matter he, he's like, and that's it. You know, the, the whole of the Atlanta Falcons have been that Super Bowl where even when they have good seasons, they end up fucking it over and eventually they will win a Super Bowl. But when they do, they'll always, always, always be connected to this Super Bowl. Basically, the, the, the biggest collapse in American sports history ever, ever, ever. Um, right. And he's like, it would be, and he says he's like, it would be one thing if the Patriots had done this because it's like, well, you know, that sucks, but that's, that's crazy that they had this one misstep, considering that they've won, you know, six or even the Cowboys or right. the 49ers or anybody who's been there more than a couple of times. But it's mm-hmm. this this team that, that had the one chance and they blew it, right? Or even the mm-hmm. Panthers, right? Because the Panthers have been twice, but mm-hmm. you know they're not they lost and it's like it sucks, but they're not known for being this like holy shit. What if the Falcons are gonna Falcon that kind of shit, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, and so I, I cannot recommend it enough. If you're a fan of football, if you're a fan of the Falcons, if you're a fan of the Falcons, especially, it might be a little bit hard to watch, but I think it it's worth it. And and if you're even if you're not a fan of football, if you're just somebody who likes good storytelling, good videos, um, you know, informed, supremely informative, um, I would say this this definitely check it out. Just look up you know the history of the Atlanta Falcons on YouTube. It's um, you know. It sounds like a lot, like seven episodes an hour each, but it really, it just flies by. And having it be on YouTube is so easy, right? Because you don't have to be like, let me go on the HBO Max app and watch it crash on me three or four fucking times before I can watch what I want to watch. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, that that's the show I watched and, and I, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, before you get to your next thing, uh, I yeah. just want to talk, uh, I've 
I haven't watched anything new. Um, I had someone tell me that the most recent episode of What If is amazing, and therefore I'm devastated because I'd basically given up on that show. Um, like mm-hmm. I watched like episodes one and two were like whatever. Like, it, hmm. what is a? Uh, there's a million ways it's been said, but like it's one thing for something to be like so bad I can ridicule it, mm-hmm. versus like just being like. Uh, like the most uninteresting bland like you know what i mean it's just like it's well i think it's basically pretty much like isn't it a biblical quote right you're neither hot nor cold you're lukewarm therefore i spit you out something like that yeah exactly that may be that may be one of the first instances of it um but it's like yeah it's like i just would if i could at least make fun of it but it's like i can't even do that it's like it's just why even watch it so the first two episodes are like that i think if i remember correctly three was super great Four was still good, but a little down. And then five was back to one and two. And I was like, I'm just not going to watch any more of this. And then I just got a message that, like, the most recent episode's amazing. And I'm like, uh, why are we mm-hmm. doing this? Like, <laughs> why have you done this to me? And um, back in. So <laughs> one, one good point was that, like, I, I mentioned it to one of my friends today. And he mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I don't really understand why they end with so many cliffhangers if we're not doing anything with them. Like, like, because right. like every episode ends with like this cliffhanger, and it's like, but we're never coming back to this. Like, why have you done this? Like, what, is, <laughs> what are you trying to do? Um, have you? Um, it, it's sort of related, but it's like Disney Plus or whatever. Um, but uh, have you gotten a chance to check out the uh, Star Wars Visions show? I have not. Um, yeah, me neither. I know we had talked about it, but I hadn't. Um... It's definitely on my list. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, um, but but so, do you think you're gonna get back on? On what if? Yeah, probably because I want to watch this new episode. And the thing is, even though I know every episode is like not connected, I'm still like, but what if it and like, what if the very last episode ties all this together in some way? I don't understand. Like, you know what I mean? It's like I, I'm gonna have to watch it. Um, so I'm gonna have to watch six, whichever ones are before the one that's most recently out. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to touch on was, uh, although I haven't been watching that, mm-hmm. um, I've played more of Hades, uh, which I mentioned last week. Yeah, and I gotta mm-hmm. say, that game is just amazing. Like, I- I've played it, I-, I did what I, the only thing I'm not sure about is, uh, well... I feel like it's going to have a definitive end. But, like, the best way to explain it is, like, there is a natural progression of... I mean, I told you before, it's a roguelike, right? So you're trying to get through this dungeon. Yeah. So, like, you get, like, these, like, tidbits of story as you're going through the dungeon. It's not much. And, like, every time you die, you talk to somebody, it gives you a little more information. You're like, hmm. But, like, once you get through the dungeon the first time, like, you completely get through it. You're like, oh, I did it. And then you get some information, and then it's like, I gotta go back through the dungeon again. Like I gotta like I gotta get more information. So it's got a great replay, like it gives you a reason to want to replay it. And then on yeah. top of that, it has so like it's it's hard to say, but I feel like it has so much content, which is that like every uh every weapon, like there's 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 so many different things you can do with each weapon. There's like 
four different forms of each of the six weapons. There's um, all these different power-ups that can change the way you, you do it. And then, like, also on top of that, once you get through the dungeon, like, the first or second time, they add this little thing that lets you put modifiers on there, right? And so um, the modifiers will make it, like, uh, dungeon level three instead of level one. And, you know, when you're on level one, every time you... Uh, clear a region you get like a specific reward but you don't get that reward again while you're still on level one so then it's like oh you want more of those rewards well you can do the level two one and get more of those rewards get stronger like it, there's such a like i had such an amazing like feedback loop for a game yeah it, the the things you do like you can choose the there's a list of like 15 different options and like let's say one option gives certain enemies special abilities well, that'll raise your level two, and then there's another option. It's like you can just make it so every enemy just doesn't get hurt. They they have hit like armor for one hit, you know what I mean? And that like brings you up one level. So your your easiest version of a level five dungeon may be completely different from my easiest version because the way we play may be different. So there's different things that we think are hard or easy. Um, it's just so much different things you can do. So many different things you can do. Um, that I think it just lends itself well, and especially for a game that's only thirty dollars. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. so it's just such a, in my opinion, a good investment. Like, right, you like, pay thirty like bucks, a... and there's a bunch of shit to do forever. And big, it's like big bang for buck kind of thing. Exactly. And so I've, I'm mean, for what it's worth, I've cleared the full dungeon like nine times now, and I'm like, I just want to keep playing it. Like, I, like there's mm. still more going on. There's still more things for me to do, and I'm like, I want to play it right now. Like, I want to see. It. All the million ways this can be different or easier or harder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and there's still new things that I haven't touched. Like, there's there's a... I've cleared it nine times, but, like, your rewards are based on which weapon you use. Mm-hmm. So, like, the highest I've had is, like, a level three dungeon. Like, I just... There's three podiums in the corner that are covered by curtains. And, like, one of the characters, like, you have to, you like, if you want to go see what those are, you have to, like, prove you're worth it or whatever. And it's, like, you have to be on, like, dungeon level 8 for the first one. And I'm, like, oh, fuck. So, that means, like, I'm going to have to get, like, dungeon level 20 by the time I even see what all three of these are. And I don't even know what they are to begin with. Like, I don't know how I'm going to interact with those. So, it's just, like, a whole, like, clusterfuck of just, like, more shit to do. And I love it. It gives me a reason to continue playing it. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited to play it. I think I... I think I will make that one my next game. I I'm like a little bit into um I'm almost at the end. I, I can feel it, or maybe I'm maybe it's just like the end of Act Two, but I'm I'm thinking it's almost over, of Ratchet and Clank, the new one, okay. Drift Apart, and so like I, I feel like it's like that where like I'm just like dude, it's just so fucking good, and mm-hmm. like I just love all the weapons and stuff. But I'm excited to um um yeah play play Hades just because it feels like like you said there's it's a big good bang for your buck like you get a lot of stuff with it Mm -hmm. and uh if nothing else you know at some point maybe before you buy it I I could we could use the PS5 share screen because I I think it's an amazing purchase but I also think there may be some people that just like won't like the type of game it is in terms of like the best way I explain it is it plays it's it, i'm gonna name a completely different genre but i uh, genre but i more mean like the pace of it it plays like something like uh like a bullet hell game or like contra 
which is that like there's a lot of shit just flying around on the screen sometimes mm-hmm. And, like, your answer is, like, you're also just going to be flying around the screen like a madman. Now, like, and because, like, it doesn't get overwhelming, though, because it, by the time it gets, like, completely outrageous, you have also gotten to a certain level of outrageous yourself. So you're just trying to put yourself in positions that you know you belong in, if that makes sense. Like, you're like, I have this weapon, I've picked these upgrades, that means... I should be in and out very fast or like I should play far away and slow. And so it's like just manu- like trying to get yourself in those positions while all hell is breaking loose. Um, so, you know, if you're the type of person that's like, I don't know, like just doesn't react well in like high pressure situations or like games mm-hmm. could stress you out. Maybe this isn't for you. Um, but I just think it's great. And, you know, if anything, I, there's a lot you could show someone without really spoiling much, I think. You could, you could show them all the things that they can eventually do without, like, spoiling anything. or You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, uh, I, I still think it's a solid purchase. Nice, nice, good. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited, dude. I, I Yeah, that, that'll that be my next one. I'll go ahead and, you know, I try to find deals. Like, I think I've said before, like, I mean, I try to get, like, classics that I haven't gotten through. I think that's all I was doing last year. I was like, well, you know, I'm not playing the newest game, but I'm playing Arkham, Arkham Knight or something. Or, no, all of the Uncharted, right? And I think I got all of them for, like, five bucks, right? But they were all so good, and I was like, but then I think now, I, I feel like I'm caught up, or, I, or I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what? It's, it's time for me to catch up, to be, like, you know, play, like, a newer game and, and you know, dish out the, the slightly bigger bucks for it. Yeah, and I think that's what... I, I actually kind of did that. Um, like, I think I'm going more in moderation on both ends. Um, it kind of hit me that, like, sometimes I have games I want to play and I never play them because something new comes out that I want to play. So I just, like, because it's new, I'm like, ah, let me play this. And I just, like, forget about the thing that I already have sitting there that I want to play. Mm-hmm. So, like, I replayed God of War because I knew the new one was coming out. And I was like, I really liked it, so I replayed that instead of buying a new game. And then... I played Shadow of the Colossus, which was free on the PlayStation Collection. That's like a classic. I was like, I really would like to play that just to see what it's all about. And then, um, you know, I got done with that, and I was thinking about what I wanted to play next, and I was like, you know, I would like something new. I was like, Hades is a good choice, because I've kind of been interested in it, and it's like an indie game, so it's only 30 bucks. And, you know, now that I've made that purchase, I'm like, boy, that's fucking one of the best 30 bucks i've ever spent because i've definitely bought some games for like 20 or 30 bucks that are indie games and then just been super disappointed and just been like oh well 20 30 bucks but this one's like fucking mint condition right here (laughs) i'm definitely happy this one's in my library um but uh but that's that um let's uh let's go to the show that i i I feel like i caught a um or sorry not the show the movie i feel like i caught a hint of uh disappointment uh yeah (laughs) with this title earlier (laughs) yeah yeah. so um uh the movie was uh dear evan henson and so this one is um it's a musical and it's in theaters and it's based on a broadway play that's like really really successful um and sydney really likes it she has played it or she she went to see it i think a couple years ago when it was here at dpac and or the in durham at the performing arts center um and she plays the music sometimes and i i i never really knew what it was about like i sort of knew that it was like a, a kid who like it's like a based on a lie um, but then I, that's really all I knew. And so then I, I didn't really watch the trailer, but I kind of went with her cause she wanted to go. And I know I had a, a, 
had two other friends who went with us who also really wanted to go. And so I was like, you know what? I'll go. I'll check it out. And and I, I personally, like I've said before, I don't mind musicals. I like, you know, like two of my favorite ones are, or my two favorite ones are you know, Sweeney Todd and Little Shop of Horrors. And, you know, I don't, and I, I think, I forget, there was another musical that I went to see, I think last year or the year before, um, that I liked, I'm excited for, oh, it was In the Heights, I liked In the Heights, and then I'm excited for uh, West Side Story, uh, at the end of this year, the Spielberg one, and so, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm down with musicals, if they're done well, if, if, if the story, if the songs are good, if the, 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 the sets are done well, the, the, the set pieces are done well, mm-hmm. and so basically, this one was just very, it, it was weird, it was very weird, because this, it, as I'm watching it, I'm like, this story is kind of like, what is it doing? Because it's really hard <laughs> to ex- like. I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil it because I, you know, I think what I think is, if you are a fan, you have already seen it. You've um, already seen the best version of this thing before you went to the movies. <laughs> right, right. And before um, before we go any further, I would like to say that the only thing I know about this. Is that people are flaming the shit out of it on Twitter? That's all I know. That's a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just because, so and kind of with good reason because of what because it's sort of what we had discussed before about moving a show from the stage to the screen is just so different um, that I think it was just a miscalculation. But anyway, basically, with the three things that are I think wrong with it, or the 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 main things that are wrong with it are so the story. I'm gonna go ahead and spoil it. That it's kind of fucked up. It's like if you at its at its face is kind of supremely fucked up. It's so this kid is like super awkward and he's in high school. He's like a teenager. He's like I think he's a senior, so he's like seventeen or eighteen, and he's like a teenager. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's very shy. He's like on a lot of medications. He doesn't have any friends. Like he has one friend who like barely talks to him, and he like treats him pretty much out of pity. Hangs out with him. And so every day his therapist has told him, is like, hey, when you wake up or in the morning, write yourself a letter, like type it out. Say, hey, hey, dear Evan Henson, today's going to be a good day. You know, you just have to basically cheer himself up to get himself a pep talk. And then you say, since, you know, to, you know, just basically write yourself a letter. Right. And so one day he writes a letter and he says, you know, dear Evan Henson, you know, you know, uh, what would, are people going to notice when I'm gone? Like, would anybody notice? Like, what am I doing in this world? And then he signs it sincerely, your friend. And that's it. And he prints it, but then this guy who is like uh, mentally unstable, he's kind of like, um, what could it be? Like a guy who's just like, he's an asshole, but he's like clearly like he has mental issues, um, sees it and he thinks he's mocking him. And so he takes the letter and he runs off. And then a few days later, that dude's parents come to the school and tell him, hey, you know, your letter was on our son's person when he committed suicide. Okay. And they think that the letter is something that he wrote to Evan, basically being like, you were my only friend. And so they're like, you were his only friend. Please tell us more about him. And they're like distraught. And so he's all like weird and stuff. And he can't like he feels awkward about it. And he lies to them. And he says, yeah, we were friends. And so he sets oh up this whole God. thing where he was like friends with the guy. And so and then like. He does like a speech, but it's like in, in um, uh, in, uh, it's expressed as a song, but the, the movie treats it as a speech that goes viral, and they set up like a a foundation for the guy, kid's name's Connor, Holy and they're like shit. you know about suicide prevention and stuff, and it's all based on a lie, and so and then the movie eventually, I mean, you know, he eventually does have to tell the truth, but only because something bad happens and people get on to the family because they're rich and they're like, why do they need money? But but anyway, long story short. 
the reason it doesn't work is because the story, I think, I don't get how it's so popular because at, at its very core, the story is kind of horrific. It's kind of monstrous, right? Because it wants us to sympathize with this guy be like oh my gosh poor guy and i'm like what do you mean i'm like what do you mean poor? like even your brain starts to, like in a movie when you're watching your brain goes oh yeah sympathize with this guy his life's hard but then your moral center goes he's manipulating everybody literally every <laughs> single other human in this movie that he talks to he lies to them his <laughs> girlfriend or the girl who and then he and then he he falls in he he like has a crush on the kid who kills himself's sister so he lies to try to get with her Ugh. and so he like lies to her saying yeah we were friends you know he used to talk about you all the time and he noticed these little things you did but those are the things that he noticed because he's a fucking creepy pervert who's like staring Ugh. at her from a distance this is terrible what and so and so like like but so the story is all fucked up like that, right? And you go like, but your brain goes, no, he's lying to everybody. He lies to her. He lies to her parents. He lies to his mom. He lies to his friends. He lies to this, he lies to the girl at school who's setting up the foundation. He lies to fucking everybody about it. Um, I was trying to think. So like the furthest I could go with sympathizing with someone in this scenario, right, is probably if like the first thing, like the very first one. Right, where right. He's like, uh, right. When he yeah, goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he wrote that. Okay, uh, bye. But then because he his like his life is like fucked up, he like keeps coming around to their house and stuff because um, they have like the perfect family. Like the mom is super attentive. The dad's a great dad. The sister's like super loving. But Ugh. the kid was mentally like I, I don't know how to say it. Like he was like troubled that he literally couldn't accept love. Like he just just like broken. And so he says, he's like, I wish I had a life like this. And he just starts coming around more and lying. Nah, and that's like, terrible, bro. Like, yeah, exactly. So that first, that's what I was saying. Like the first time you go, <laughs> like the mom's like distraught and she's like, you were his only friend. Like I would have been like, if you would have been like, yes, uh, I got to go. Sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry for your loss. And, and maybe the funeral, maybe. And then, but that's it, right? But they know he just keeps going and going. And so what happens is that first, so the story's kind of fucked up, but you kind of go like, I would watch this movie if it was like a black comedy or something, right? Or not a black comedy, but something like where you examine why somebody would do this. Like a serious movie right. that goes, this guy's fucked up. This is what he's doing. He's not a heroic person. He's not somebody you're supposed to look up to. This is like Scorsese territory, right? Like how like how far can somebody take a lie and what does it take to be a liar? And maybe he he tells himself he's a good guy, but he's really not, right? Like Wolf right. of Wall Street, something, right? Um, but it's not, right? It's very sentimental. It's very co- it's kind of coying, and you go like, what, dude, like what, what is this? And okay, mm-hmm. so th- this is the reason people are flaming it. On a stage or a stage show. You can have old people play younger people because <laughs> you're imagining everything, right? Like when you walk through a, a door frame, you're like, this is my house. Wow, your house is so nice. And the, the a musical or a play asks you to fill in the gaps, right? Right. So if you watch something like Hamilton, it's one set. Like it's just one set that looks like an old timey like 1700s house. But the song, the singing and the dancing and like maybe the costumes change ever so slightly, but your mind fills in the rest. So there's somebody who his name is uh, Anthony Ramos. He was the main main actor in In the Heights. He plays Hamilton's son, who's like nine. But when you're watching, he's like, hi, dad, where are you going? And he's like a grown-ass man. But he's not doing like a baby voice. He's not wearing like kids' clothes. He's just wearing normal human clothes. But he's like, dad, are you leaving? Where are you going? And he's like, son, I must go to war because I got a dollar or whatever. Right. And, but your brain doesn't go, that's fucking dumb. That's an adult, right? 
Right. You that's the way it works. And and so I feel like even if Evan Hansen was old on stage, but he was portraying a younger guy, your brain goes, no, he's eighteen, right? And your brain just does that automatically because just because that's what the format is. Mm-hmm. But when you take that into a movie, and you put this guy who like looks old, oh, he does, but that's, dude, okay, so. I was watching a video. Okay, let me just finish my thought before mm-hmm. I. Go. So he <laughs> before looks you roast old, this dude. <laughs> he looks old. Like he look. Well, he's not old, but he looks like uh, our age, twenty eight, twenty nine. Right. But you, they put him in this horrific wig, and they cake on this makeup. It looks like he just like like smashed his face into butter every take. <laughs> and so they have him, and he looks like a clay doll. He looks like um, you know, when people used to make fun of Michael Jackson in the early two thousands, like yes. um, there'd be like uh, Scary Movie three, they'd be like. Yeah. Be like, oh, it's it's not Michael, but you know what I'm saying. That's what he looks like. And so, when you have that in a movie, and you have that, that's the the person you go. That's a grown ass man lying to people, right? Like I was watching a review today about it because I was like, does anybody? Am I feel? Am I taking crazy pills for feeling this way? And there, a lot of people were saying the same thing. He was like, it'd be one thing if if you cast somebody like, for example, Riverdale is all supposed to be high school students, and all of them are played by like. Yeah, people in their fucking mid twenties. But guess what? Like, they're just like they've done enough around them. Like, granted, it's a little ridiculous because like Archie's fucking ripped. Like, and I was like, well, hold on. Um, But anyway, and I feel like that they do that like tongue in cheek, or like they know that it's like I'm thirty, right? Or like uh, Scream, right? You watch Scream, and they're all like old, right? And this, they're at so they like his girlfriend, the sister, looks very young. It's an actress, Catherine uh, Deaver. She was in um, Booksmart. And so she's like probably 22 or 23, right? Mm-hmm. But she, she's she got a young face. She is like Zendaya or Tom Holland where um, she is 24. So she's only like two or three years younger than what's his name. But she lo- her face, she's got a very small baby face. And so right. when you see her, you're like, that, that works. Tom Holland works. They needed somebody who was 17 so that if you have this character who's lying to everyone you go damn like he just doesn't know better because he's a kid and he looks like a kid right <laughs> like you know you remember you being 18 but when it's this dude who like looks 30 i mean you've seen the pictures on twitter right yes. he's just like he's like hunched over and he's got that curly hair and he's like hey oh no and it's like oh my gosh like <laughs> you just like, doing yeah Get it's like you're here. fucking lying to people you're manipulating them you're gaslighting his mom into like being your mom you're a fucking weirdo <laughs> you're a grown-ass man what are you doing exactly and so i just commit and, and the reviewer says he's like it it feels like sabotage he's like if you had told the makeup department we're going to sabotage ben platt this is what you would do he's like he, he's like if you if you were asking him to play a i think he's calls him like a humongoloid monster that's the makeup that they would have chosen <laughs> they wouldn't have changed a thing about him his design Jesus Christ. and so so anyway the show as i was watching it my brain was just like it, it just couldn't it, it couldn't comprehend because it was like i was like the performances are good because like everybody's acting their ass off and the songs are good on their own if you don't have context. Like if it, like one of the songs is, like I said, him explaining what he likes about the girl. And he does it, he's, his voice is good, and he's talking about, you know, you, you do these things, and when you do these things, you know, you, you light up the room, and it, it's just like it's a good song. But then you go, oh, wait, this is all lies. He's lying to her. He's telling her that's what his brother said. Who fucking killed himself? And he's, <laughs> like, worming his way into this family that has done nothing wrong. 
Like the mom is literally like, please tell me my son was a good person, please. Like I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Jesus, that's and terrible. So, and that's what I'm saying. And so, so like, why I, why I, is this movie trying to get me to sympathize with this monster? <laughs> exactly. It it, it it is just so bizarre. And I I wanted to rush home because I know that there is a movie with Robin Williams called World's Greatest Dad. Have you heard of it? I have not. Or, so it's a movie he did about 10 years before he passed. And it's about a dad. It, it, but this one is like a black comedy, like pitch black comedy. I've heard it's mm-hmm. like, like dark as hell. But it also has like a bite and an edge to it. So basically he sent, he, his son is this guy, this kid who's just a fucking massive asshole. He like wakes up. He's like, all right, Kyle, we got to go to school, son. He's like, fuck you, dad. Kiss my ass. <laughs> and he's just a huge dickhead. He like smashes windows and he like breaks his, like he like, hey, if his dad's eating cereal, he'll like tip over the box and be like a dick about it. Right. And so one day he comes home and he finds his son like with his hand and like his dick out and his like jerking off. And he's like, oh, Kyle, come on. We talked about this man. And he goes, Kyle. And he realizes that his son has actually has committed autoerotic asphyxiation and killed himself on accident. And so he feels bad about that. And he realizes that that means he's like, I can't have that be the way my son dies like even if he was a jerk and he and he but he's never like yes he's like he like the the scene where he finds him is horrific because he's crying and he's like no kyle and so he's like i gotta come up with something and so he's like a fellow writer and he writes like a suicide note for his son that like goes like semi-viral and he like gets like a book deal and he like ends up he's like oh there's more letters from my dead son and he ends up like writing a book or um, like a memoir off of the letters that quote quote his son wrote, and so that so that the movie is like much darker, but it's like it has a point, right? Like it's saying something, and even if it's if it's not saying something, it's like not asking you to sympathize with this dad in any way more than like he's just the protagonist you're following, right? So yeah, that's rough. The one thing I'm gonna tell you is uh, if you can pull up Facebook Messenger. So I just sent you a picture. So mm-hmm. I've seen some before. Actually, before you look at the picture, I've yeah. seen some pictures of this guy. And I'm like, yeah. they generally don't look great, but I'm like, you know, like it'll be like a, just a still shot of him, and I'm like, that's not terrible. I was looking through and saw this picture, and this man looks 38. Yes, dude, and that's the thing is that, that that's the same guy who does him on stage. And Sydney was like, I don't, I don't fucking get it. Like they <laughs> fucked up like from day one, from like those te- like test shots where they like test lighting. Mm-hmm. They fucked up then. <laughs> and the hair, he's like, he, she's like in the in the play, he just has like regular human hair. He Wait, so like Ben Platt is the one that does it in the, in the play? Yeah, and that was he won a Tony from that. Holy shit. And then and, they fucked him on the movie. They fucked him on the movie. That's what he's saying. He's like, it makes no sense because, like, and so the, um, the the review that I was watching today, they had like a small clip of him performing on stage, and he just—I mean, he doesn't look—he doesn't look high school, but he doesn't look like this. He looks just like you and me, just like a normal normal dude with like a short haircut. And she was like, I don't understand why they put this like mop on his head, and they put all this creamy white makeup on his face, like to make him look—he looks—he looks sweaty every scene. He looks just looks like he like, looks sweaty he, like, in the picture I say you. He looks like exactly. a sweaty thirty-eight-year-old like man who just did some old fucking Jane Fonda geriatric workout. <laughs> yeah, they were. Somebody said that they the week before they shot, they took him to that beach that makes him old. <laughs> <laughs> And it's it just like it's bizarre. And the thing is, so like, like I said, like the performances are good. Like he is, 
his, his he looks weird when he <laughs> is acting his balls off. Like he is like he is like singing his heart out like and he's crying, right? And he's like he's somehow being able to cry while controlling his breath to sing and you're like, dude, this guy is like acting his nuts off. But then you go, he just it it it's weird, right? It's like, like watching the hunt it's like watching Frankenstein or the hunchback of Notre Dame like show like a human emotion. Like your brain for a second forgets that they're weird looking and then you go, Wow, human connection, but then you go, Oh wait, no monster. Right? Like, <laughs> He's like, why my face sag off? Because I'm singing my <laughs> ass off. And, and, and I, th- I think those are the only, like I said, those are the only, that's the reason that I'm not like, this is horrific. This, this is the worst movie ever. Because the performances are so good and the songs are good on their own. But then when you connect it to everything else, it is just this fucking concoction of weird. So, so, uh, I guess in summation, right? Like, you're not, you're definitely not crazy about it, right? No, uh, no, and I and it's just long too. It is so long. It's like two hours and fifteen. Ooh, for a but musical, like, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, and but but I will say like it's two hours and fifteen. Like it, it felt kind of um, what was the movie Malignant last week where I was like you know I don't want to say it. I was looking at my watch because I wasn't. But toward the end, I was like, wow, this is kind of a long movie. Like, your brain just goes, this is kind of long. Yeah. And that's how I felt with this one, where I was never like, wow, this is kind of boring, or like, oh, this sucks, or this is repetitive. I was just kind of like, wow, yeah, this uh, this movie's still going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And, you know, Sydney was, she was like, I could see her moving her mouth, singing along. And my friends who I went with, it was uh, two women. And they were also, like, crying during the emotional parts. And I'm over there, I'm like, am I missing something? Like, this guy's a monster. Like, what's going on here? And I think I think all three of them had, had previous experience. I, th- I think that's also, like, when you come into it and if you've seen the show or you know the songs, you come into it with rose-tinted glasses. You know, your brain just sort of, like, p- butters over the rough parts. It just, like, smooths over them, right? Mm-hmm. Um... But so, what would you give it out of five? A two, just two, just two off of the songs and the performances. All right, so and, so what do you think they gave it? Oh, they're probably like a three and a half, probably. Whew. I have to ask Cindy, probably like a three and a half or four. This, <laughs> and, and have you seen the so, like, like, I think if you're a fan of the show, you just like are built into liking it. I don't think there's any way where you go just because I think it's so close to what the show is. I don't think there's any way that you go, that is not the Evan Hansen I know. So, you're buying, you know, if you like it, you go, yeah, like that, that works. Like, I don't know. I just so, feel like, I, I feel like, let me see, I, I feel like if you liked it already and then you saw this version of it that's just worse you'd just be like no nah, i'm good on this like this is this is no good like why would i ever watch but it? that's the thing is that i don't think it's like a worse version of the story it's just what the story is if that right. makes any but, sense but then like even the still like what they did to fucking ben like yeah just... that i think yeah i think that's the worst part is just him looking like that like i think it would have worked so much better if they would have gotten like literally a genuine 17 year old <laughs> and I know it's very hard because you have to find somebody who can sing. Yeah, who can act, kids cannot who, act, like, bro. Like that, that's right. why that's why they all end up being twenty five year olds playing younger kids because kids cannot act. <laughs> right, and if you have to, you have to cast it. You have to like cast it right away and like you know get it done at the moment. Like you can't dilly dally because then before you know it, they're like twenty five. Let me look it up because uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's coming up. It is, it's bizarre because it is 33%, like their critic score, it's but 33? the audience score, yeah, That's the critic score is 89. <laughs> so it's a 56 point difference between the critics and the uh, audience. 
Yeah, I, I feel like I just... Alright, here's the... I haven't seen the movie. I feel like I just gotta say fuck the audience on this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are you... Can you look? Can you go to Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. Let me see. Let me see what this looks like. Because I'm on my... I, I'm looking at it on my phone, but I want to see what it... Okay, so if you go to Dear Evan Henson, the, to the top... The thing at the video at the top should be like a video of like him in front of like a red screen. Yep. Right. Like, look at his face. Like, why does he look like that? Like, <laughs> like, why are you so and, old and then, looking doc? Right. I saw a commercial with him. He's in a new show, um, on FX about, it's like a, an anthology, anthology show. Right. Mm-hmm. And he looks like a normal dude. And I was like, okay, so I'm not crazy. Ben Platt does look like a normal human and other stuff. So like, also, what isn't happened? Ben Platt in uh, Pitch Perfect? Right. He looks like a normal dude in that, right? <laughs> he, he looks like a, just like a human. like. Yeah, like, he looks uh, like a weird, like a slightly weird, normal looking guy. Like, right. Why didn't they just go with that? Why weren't they just like, we'll just give you the same wardrobe and, and everything is, is in Pitch Perfect? I just don't get it. It just doesn't make any sense. He looks old as fuck, bro. <laughs> like, he, but he looks a little funky. Like he, he, him, just like as as a person, just looks a little funky. So, I'm, look, I just look. Check on Facebook. Check on Facebook. I just sent you what he looks like on stage. Okay. Bro, hold on. Why? Why did they do this? Why did they do that here? <laughs> in the makeup, like he, he looks like a normal, like, like great, like he does. He look like high school. No, no, like, that's his fine, arms right? are a full-grown forty-year-old man's arm. Like in the right. face, he look looks like Robin Williams. Got, like right? the most aggressive forearm hair. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Robin Williams, right? Like that's that's Robin Williams' hair, right? But but the rest like, of it's on point. <laughs> like, right, it just looks like a normal movie. I think that's why they gave him know. a cast on one arm is to try and draw away attention, <laughs> where you couldn't see it on both arms. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's like that's so. All right, here's the deal. Again, it was one of those things. So, like, I was telling you <laughs> where I saw, like, you know, some of the pictures. And I was like, eh, it's not great, but it's not bad. But then once you showed me this one, I'm like, no, those are all horrible. Like, why did it happen? Like, you didn't have to do any of this then. Right. Because, like, my, like I guess, like, my logic before was, like, you know, maybe maybe it's just the best they could do with the guy and, and blah, blah, blah. And then you said he was, he won the Tony. And I was like, for this? Well, then how did... How did people not, how were people not like, you look 30, like from the crowd? Like, how, right. did, how did that happen? And then you sent me this, and the answer is because he doesn't. They just fucked him on this movie. Who is the director? Because so, this... the, the, so the director is the guy, he did um, a movie called Wonder, I think with Chris, Chris Evans, and he did Perks of Being a Wallflower, and he did one more. So uh, he's done like three or four movies, and all of them have been well, pretty Ben well Platt received. needs to file a lawsuit, because this man was trying to ruin his career. Yeah, he's like, somebody's trying to sabotage me. And... <laughs> I'm not fucking having it where I'll see you in court. Like, that's what... And so I was telling Exhibit Sydney... A, look a... at this fucking makeup. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, so, yeah, so to wrap it up, like, if you're a fan of the show, like, watch it. You know, it's your it's one of your favorite shows. But if you're not a fan, like, just skip this shit. Like, don't, don't even give it a chance. Um... When I so and then just a one last note on it. So at the end of the movie, toward the end, you know he's he's got caught and he's trying to figure out ways to make amends. And so he he finds a list of books that were that kid's favorite books. Connor, that was like mm-hmm. his five or six favorite books. And one of them 
And so, and he's like, it's like a Kurt Vonnegut book. I think Ready Player One, and then like some other book that he the kid was into. And then the last one, one of the one of the last ones is Perks of Being a Wallflower. Mm. And I, I did in the audience, and, the, and like when I was watching, I did an audible like, <laughs> and so I was like what, what? And I was like, the director of this movie direct, not only directed a version of that book, he wrote that book. That's his book. He wrote that book. He put that book in his own movie. I did like the hand, like the jerk off hand motion. I was like, Oh my god, that's amazing! And I was like, I was, I told her, I was like, I was like, that's like if I was like, if I made a movie and I was like, what's your favorite podcast? All oh, the different animals podcast. It's awesome. Everybody should check it out in my own movie. Fuck! Nobody. That's what I'm saying. Like nobody character. That that that's not even something the main character likes. That's something that the fucking dead guy. Exactly, it, and and like the main character goes to that, like goes to his computer and he scrolls through his fucking history and it's just our logo, it's just our fucking <laughs> podcast emblem all over the fucking. Exactly, it makes no sense, dude. Because this fucking you have background to... wallpaper is just like a picture <laughs> of you and me graduation photos. <laughs> Like nobody, like the props department had somebody had to go to a store and be like, "Hi, one person be in a wallflower, please." And they had to go back and be like, "Wait, isn't the name on the cover of this book the name of the director?" <laughs> like, what? <laughs> the director probably went and fucking bought it himself. He's too busy jacking himself off, bro. <laughs> the producers like they're like, "All right, finalize the list, all five books." And he's like, "What about a six? And he just like snuck it in, <laughs> like nobody would notice. <laughs> My man, like, went to fucking books and millions. Like, let me get the book, the DVD, the Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, oh. All right, play at class for the first day of school today. We're we're watching Perks of Being a Wallflower. <laughs> oh, God. Now available on DVD and Amazon Prime. <laughs> Use checkout code Evan Evan Hansen for. <laughs> Oh, this dude's next movie. There's gonna be somebody watching TV, and it's gonna be old, fucked up makeup, Ben Platt on the screen. Um, oh. God, you look as old as Dear Evan Henson in the 2001 film Evan Hansen. <laughs> it's gonna be a comedy, and like the one, the two main characters are gonna look at each other and be like, "This dude looks old as fuck." <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look at the screen, like, you know, like, break the fourth wall. Cha-ching! <laughs> Wink. Uh, they're going to be like, can you believe this dude's supposed to be in high school? Oh, my God, uh, bro. My head hurts. But, yeah. I just, I, I know, like, this is, like, a we've given this movie a long time. But it's only because, you know, most of the time I come in and I'm like, Malignant, awesome movie. Check it out. Please. Like, right? Like, but there's really nothing that, that I would say I could get into without spoiling or, like, I could discuss on themes without spoiling more, right? <sighs> but for this one, like, I was just like, dude, I just have to tell you about it. I was like, I have to go into this thing because it is... It, it, I, I haven't seen a movie like this where it's, like... It, it's not just bad where I'm like, wow, this movie stinks. It's like, it is this bizarre concoction that I have to, like, dig into with someone. Yeah, that's crazy. Bro, I, I, <laughs> I keep almost laughing about the <laughs> the fucking idea of, like, what I was mentioning, like, our podcast is just all over the dude's fucking... <laughs> I oh. did. I that in that golf was in, so involuntary. Like my, my brain saw that book there. Uh, my brain goes, director, director, this movie, director, put own book and director. Uh, oh and, brother, this guy. 
I gotta find it. I, there's no way that somebody didn't also notice that. I'll, I'll, I'll find it. Somebody had to found something oh, on Twitter. That's or fine. Oh, holy shit, bro. My head hurts. Oh, fuck. Oh. All right, well. <laughs> all right, so that's Dear Evan Hansen, written by, directed by the writer of Perks of Being a Wallflower and director of Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um... Alright, so we'll, because we, uh, we had to, we had to tease, uh, the next, um, topic last week, we're definitely gonna hit that. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, this is a go. hard left. Um, so, uh, we'll go from that to, uh, talking about our favorite samples in rap music, because that, that was originally supposed to be last week, and then we talked about Days Gone for a while, much like we just talked about Dear Evan Hansen. Um, so, uh, <sighs> The uh, let's let's. Do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Because you know, actually, I'm gonna uh, start. You can go first. I'm gonna start. So my first one, my first favorite sample, and this one is. And I'm gonna start with this one. This one's probably the one that deserves to be on the least uh, on the list the least, um, mm-hmm. because I don't think it's really. It's not used necessarily in the beat, per se, um, which is to mm-hmm. say, it is um, public enemy shut him down. And uh, Biggie's Ten Crack Commandments. And it's just... When I think of Ten Crack... First of all, I love Ten Crack Commandments. It's like one of my favorite Biggie songs. But like the first thing that pops mm-hmm. in my head... Every time... Is the... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine... And so like... I remember hearing this Public Enemy song... Shut Him Down... Come on the radio... And I had heard it before... But, like, I just, maybe I hadn't heard his part or something, but I heard it come on the radio, and he did the, and it's, like, the exact same, like, speed and everything, and he starts his verse that way. He he goes, like, one, two, three, and I was, like, what the fuck is this a big, like, I was, like, what, like, my head had only known the biggie one, and so I heard that, and I was, like, what the fuck, like, like I was, like, this is from something else. Mm-hmm. Like it, and I think my thing is it fits the song so perfectly. Like the Biggie song, it, it just fits it perfectly. It feels completely at home within that song. So it was so weird to just hear like a part of another song just be like, "Oh, wait, this is where it's from." You know what I mean? Well, that's always the best, yeah. Especially when it's like when it's something ever so subtle, and your brain recognizes it like subconsciously, and you go, "Wait, hold on." I've heard this is this is a noise I've heard before, right? Right, like it's just a dude counting, but like yeah. literally just like his voice and the speed with which it was done. I immediately was like, "What? Like, what is this?" <laughs> so, um, that's that's gonna be mine. And it, like I said, I feel like it's the one that probably deserves to be on here the least because it's not like integral to the song in any real sort of way. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just I remember the the distinct feeling of hearing that and immediately being like, oh, there it is. Like I didn't know right, yeah. I didn't know this existed somewhere else, let alone that it originated somewhere else. Um, so that that's gonna be mine. Cool, cool. So my so before I start with my number one, I want to go ahead. I want to um, give like an also ran. I guess just like the the one that barely made the cut, but barely. And I'll explain why I I mean I cut it. Later, but uh, diamonds are forever on um, blood. What diamonds from Sierra Leone? Diamonds from Kanye Sierra West. Leone. Okay. Yeah, I just I like that one. Uh, but anyway, so my my real first one is uh, Whitney Houston's "I Have Nothing" and Drake's "Tuscan Leather." Okay. So this was actually the one that I just discovered like 
six months ago. And okay. maybe I it's I do love the song. I think I just never looked up what it what the sample was. Right. But I was at I forget where I was. I think it was like karaoke or something, and or somewhere where they were playing the song. And you know, karaoke. I don't know if you ever heard the song, but when he sings like, "I have nothing, nothing, no, nothing," if I don't have you, and I was like, "Wait, I've heard that before." And I was like, "What is that sample then?" And then I looked it up, and it's Tuscan Leather. The I think it's the first song in Drake's "Nothing Was the Same," and except he speeds it up like Chipmunk sound, like mm-hmm. even more, and then flips it, does it backwards. Right. And I was like, oh. It's so good. Like, just just to, like, like basically, anytime you find a good, you rec- you recognize a good sample, you, you know, you do that Antonio Banderas, you know, like, when he's, like, oof, when he, like, leans back. Yeah, the yeah. Computer. yeah. It's, oof, it's like batting on a knuckle, right? Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, like, that's how I feel every time I, we, you know, I watch those videos on that uh, account on Twitter that does, that finds the samples. Every time I find right. it, I'm like, oof, so good. Yeah, yeah, so that's my first one. Um, yeah, Whitney Houston's I Have Nothing... Um, in Drake's Tuscan Leather. All right, so my uh, my next two, <clears throat> I think are kind of neck and neck. Like I, I felt pretty confident about how I had them ordered before, um, and now that I'm looking at them, I I feel I'm like, well, hold on, um, but I, I'm going to stick with my original order, which is to say that my my second place one uh, is probably going to be Otis Redding's uh, Try a Little Tenderness. In Otis uh, by Kanye and Jay-Z on the Watch the Throne album. First of all, that song is just such an absolute fucking banger. Right? Like, Otis is just undisputably, like, everybody. That's, like, one of those that I think everybody likes. Um, But, like, they literally chopped that up so he sets the pace of, like, that sample sets the pace of the whole song. Right? Like, it is literally, like, it's no different than a drum. You know what I mean? Like, setting, like, the pace and the rhythm and everything. They they have used that tiny little clip and, and, and Otis Redding to, like, accentuate this, or not accentuate, but be, like, the bones of this whole song, which is just incredible, right? Because, like, sometimes, mm-hmm. like, at the end of the day, like, most of these songs, you're still going to have, like, a, a drum that pulls this sample along, right? The sample is, like... I feel like a good sample is normally whipped cream and a cherry on top, right? Which is like, mm-hmm. or like icing on a cake. It's like this extra thing that just sends it over the top. But instead, on this one, I feel like they turned it into like damn near the cake, right? Like, like the icing is all the other stuff that goes along with it. But they were like, we're gonna like. I feel like they started with with the sample versus like adding it in later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like the like. It, it, it. Like they cracked it, and like the moment that it came together, like everybody was just like, oh, like right, like the like like it's like um, what's, there was like a line where they were like somebody thought about this line in the studio, and then that's when people lost their shit. There was somebody was talking about it on Twitter recently. Oh, from this song or from a different song? It was like a different one. They were like right. when this person when they finally cracked that that lyric in the studio, they lost their minds. I think. But probably similar to probably mayonnaise colored bins that push miracle whips. Right. Probably like that. Like when you come up with that, you're like, you just have to like stand up and be like, Whew. right. You go stand by the window and do the Morpheus hands. This spitting. Spitting. Yeah. It's just. The... Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it, it's. And then the, 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 the piano, like the dun dun. Yeah. And also, it starts without the chop version. Like, it's so weird. 
like somehow the beginning of it feels so out of place, right? Like compared to the rest mm-hmm. of the song, the the actual like Otis Redding singing at the very beginning is like mm-hmm. so like what are we doing here? Like, but it has trans because the rest of the song is so great. It like immediately transforms everything, which is like the moment you hear. I mean, unless you're listening to a radio station where Otis Redding is just gonna come on. Like, the moment you hear that, you're like, oh, it's a beggar. Like, you know what I mean? There's no confusion. Like, you know exactly what's coming. Oh, it's just amazing. So, I'm, so I'm gonna, and, but I'm going to stick with that as my number two, I think. And uh, it's sort of connected, and I'll connect this one to my number, my next one. Um, okay. But it's kind of like, uh, you know, that video, I know, we keep plugging in that, that sample video on YouTube, the, the account that does the videos. Um, they did one for uh, Devil in a New Dress. Mm-hmm. And I knew that he had sampled Smokey Robinson's song. But when, mm-hmm. when you realize what he chops up, he takes like 10 seconds and he takes like the first six, puts him at the end. He takes the next two, puts him at the beginning, takes the other one, the, the other two, puts him in the middle, takes like an extra one second from somewhere, puts it at the end. And like, if you listen to Devil in a New Dress, it sounds like it's one, one straight song. But right. it's really just like, the old song has been chopped up into like little diced up pieces and just smushed together, like all into the sound and, the, and to have it sound like just so natural. Good. Yes. Right. It's just mind blowing. Um, but the reason I mentioned that one is cause that's a Kanye West song. And so I'll do my Kanye West song, which is okay. uh, Kanye West's good life off of graduation, which samples Michael Jackson's PYT. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's a, uh, I don't even know how, like what he says during it. He's like, yeah. I think, uh, and then he slows it down a little bit um, and makes it a little bit uh, lower. Um, but yeah, it's just so good. And I remember years ago, um, I had always told my friend Andy, I was like, dude, imagine if one day we're at a bar, we're at a bar and somebody's playing PYT and it transitions like smoothly into good life. I was like, I will, I will, I will die in that instant. <laughs> And so, and then one day, I remember exactly where we were at a bar for St. Patrick's Day, and they were playing PYT, and I was like, oh, I love PYT, cool, cool. And then the song started to end, and it started to slow down, and I just look at him, and, like, my eyes get wide, and his eyes get wide, and we both go, it's happening, oh my god, just like, we like, and we're like, oh shit, and everybody's just looking at us like, okay, yeah, he just transitioned, yeah, that's what happens, and I was like, no, you don't understand, it's fucking amazing, fucking tables and shit. Um, but that, that's why I love the sample. It sounds, I mean, it's a perfect song put inside of another perfect song. And it's just like, it just sounds, it's chef's kiss, but for mm-hmm. both of them. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, um, to keep the cycle going, mm-hmm. uh, my top one and this one. So the reason why I like, so this is the one I originally was like, oh, it's just so perfect. Cause the moment I hear it, it like, it's just like a whole, like, it immediately changes every, like, my mood. You know what I mean? Like, the moment mm-hmm. I hear this. But, like, the reason why I wasn't sure just now as I was looking at it was, like, I feel like he doesn't do much to transform this one. Um, It, it, it kind of is just used. But the rest, the song is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Which is to say, this is Curtis Mayfield's Move On Up um, and Kanye's Touch the Sky. Mm-hmm. Touch the Sky is just an top notch like peak Kanye like mm-hmm. I, I feel like if I had to if I that's probably going to be in my top five Kanye songs of all time you know what I mean like yeah if we ever if we ever have to make that list it's gonna be 
in my top five. It has to be. And just the horns are so, like, iconic. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so... It's just so fucking perfect. Like, the moment you hear that, you're like, oh, I'm in a good mood for this song. You know what I mean? And like I said, and I think it's another one where it's like both of them are great right you listen to move right. on up you're like move on up you're like oh yeah this is good shit right and then you listen to kanye's and it's like oh <laughs> right exactly all of it's great um you hear the snare the and the horns come in so just bombastic right like it's like you get the three snare shots and then or this uh it's either snare or symbol but you get those three shots and then it just comes in full volume like this song makes no effort to try and lead into it right it's just like now punching you in the face <laughs> mm-hmm. it's so great um so i think that's gonna be my my top uh sample in rap music for right yeah. now like it's just such a good one and i love the music video you know the have you watched uh, the evil Kingdom? yes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then the, i'm uh, me alone this yeah. is why this is why we couldn't be together Mia. yeah she's like she's like What's my name? He's like, you're Nia Long. We, like, we, you yeah, just yeah. Said, I just said it. He's like, <laughs> uh, what about that ass? Yeah, exactly. And then it cuts to the, ki- the hanging their kitten. <laughs> or the technical <laughs> difficulties. <laughs> you only like white girls, but what, what about, what about you a Barbie? <laughs> what, what about, about all that ass? It's fucking amazing. Oh, God. That's a classic music video. Yeah. So <sighs> And I think and Pat, Lupe Pat, has an amazing verse on it. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's all perfect. Lupe, Lupe still like Lupe the third. Yeah. Business Butterworth bars. Motherfucking bars. So good, so good. Um, and then my last one is a sort of a little bit of a crossover because I had this one on my list of favorite beats. So it's kind of cheating. I should have mixed it up, but I was like, it's just too good. It just sounds so smooth, dude. Like I was listening it to really it the other does. day. I, I, I was listening to it uh, a couple weeks ago because it was the um, the 20th anniversary of The Blueprint coming out. So I just listened to The Blueprint. And mm-hmm. I think Sydney was in the room or she, or I think, I think no, we were in the car listening to it because I was listening to it then. And that's how I was like, oh, this, oh, Sydney, you don't understand. You don't this, listen, just listen to it. Like it is so smooth. It is so good. And it's of course, "Ain't No Love in the Heart," "Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City" by Bobby Bland, being in Jay Z's "Heart of the City," "Ain't No Love." So he just kind of makes it around. And it's a Kanye <laughs> West beat, but it's just so good. And, and well, I will say he he does say the, the bad f word in it. And uh, when we listen to it, Sydney's like, "Huh? What did he say?" And I was like, "Oh, uh, nothing." Uh, he said because. Haters getting money when you get money like like athletes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but the song itself, it was 2001. Okay, it was 2001. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the song is so good, so smooth, and it's it's um that guitar, right? What I, what I think I mentioned mm-hmm. it when we were talking about beats. That oh, I'm gonna I, like so I was like, <laughs> I know. and I was thinking I was just my thought went through my mind. I was like, all right, I gotta listen to it after I get it off recording because it's right, just that's so how I feel good. about Touch the Sky right now. Yeah, the moment this is done recording, like we're both going back to our respective number ones. And like, <laughs> oh, I love you, baby. <laughs> I think, and then um, let me look. Hold on, let me look just to go back to Touch the Sky. I'm gonna go to late registration. 
it goes, yeah. So basically, you know, it starts with that heard him say, Adam Levine song, right? I heard him say mm-hmm. nothing, in, right? Like, it's just like a nice, simple song, and then that ends. And then you get hit, like, guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> exactly. And, and, then, and then the we, loudest trumpets in your fucking ear. <laughs> I mm-hmm. might not be and trumpets, then, but, like, it's just so loud directly in your ear. And then it's like, um, and then the, the album goes, oh, that was so good, huh? How about I take you to a fucking number one song, Gold Digger, right after, <laughs> right? right? Like, yeah, so good. Anyway, um, yeah, Heart of the City, classic, so good. Blueprint, classic, labor station, classic. I think basically the whole thing is just a, it, it is just appreciation of both the original songs, the songs that sample it, and the albums that those songs are on. Right, exactly. Because that, and I think it's it works because also like at least at least for my two like Otis and in uh, Touch the Sky, maybe not so much the Ten Crack Commandments one, but like they're also just. In the moment of listening of the album, it like is such a like powerful moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like mm-hmm. like you said, as you go from heard him say to this, you just like it it changes. Like you know, it changes the whole mood of the album at that point. Right, and, right, and, and and same thing with Tuscan Leather. Right, it starts off with right. this. It starts off with like, and then it like, and then nothing, nothing, no, nah, and then it goes. It does the um, the tape recorder switch like, and then it changes the beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's classic. Um, so those are those are our top uh, top three samples of rap music currently. Um, yeah. Also, yep. subject to change for uh, sure. Oh, tomorrow I'll be like, oh, give me a new dress, or I'll you know I'll say like, and and I feel like all of these are just they take like a big chunk of the song. Um, if I had more time, I would probably it'd be cool to do a list of like obscure ones where like somebody goes, right. man, uh, like somebody goes like uh, taco, and then it just like. No, nah, right, so it, flips it, obscure, returns it. Our obscure yeah. one uh, for my my top uh, obscure rap sample is going to be uh, "Electric Body" by Samurai Kid Schoolboy Q. Oh, the oh one, my a little bit. You can't put it off. For Frank. Oh god, that's gonna be the one. That's my obscure <laughs> rap sample because it makes that song so perfect. Like. <laughs> It's so out of place, but it just it fits right in. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like you can't you can't sing that song without doing that when it comes on, right? Right. Oh god, he uh, samples uh, a Vine. Uh, I think. It or was, I, I think so. I've always said that um, that King's Dead, you know, the song by with Kendrick and Future mm-hmm. from that one. I always thought that, that song sounded like uh, um, a haunted. Man, a haunted mansion level from Super Mario, <laughs> Super Mario World. Okay, like um, I'm about to go back and listen to it because I don't remember it like that at all. But now that you said that, I'm gonna be like, oh, okay, <laughs> I can yeah, see like, it. Da, 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 Let me see if I got it. All I can. Oh wait, is... I've, apparently I've already told that somebody before because apparently I've watched a video halfway through on YouTube. Hmm. <laughs> wait, hold on. Okay. I did not know this is how it started because I feel like I've only heard it on the radio. And I feel like they cut this part off on the radio. It sounds like it. Let me see if I can if I can find it. Maybe I'm just like I'm like it just it's like just sounds like it. Yeah, I can see it slowed down. Yeah, I can see it. 
But they probably didn't tell anybody because Nintendo would have been like, shut it down, shut it down. <laughs> Nintendo, Nintendo would have been like, we don't even make movies. You definitely can't put this in here. <laughs> they are litigious as fuck. So, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the only uh, thing I remember about that song is the uh, legendary uh, future verse. He has a Grammy from that. <laughs> they won the Grammy for best rap performance, so he has a, know, that got him a Grammy. Oh, bro, that shit, like, people were so happy about that, and I was like, why do people like this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we, uh, before we wrap this up, or are we, are we uh... uh... Yeah, I wanted to just, uh, talk about, about Spooky Season, uh, just Okay, okay, yeah, that's right. Um, I know, I, you know, last year I talked about it, about how I love watching, you know, I love this, this time, like, scary movies, um... I've, I even as a Halloween, just like fall, you know, I, I just loved, I love all of it. Right. Um, when I was a kid, I loved Halloween as Halloween. Oh, you know, you get to dress up and you get candy. But now I just love like the scary movies. I, I, I guess I would say I'm, I'm a horror movie fan. I, I, I don't know. I don't think I like them that much, but I, I've always liked <laughs> watching them. I, I like um, talking about them. So I just wanted to, you know, say, hey, you know, spooky season's back. And also to recommend, of course, the Bravo series that I've talked about here at Nauseam, <laughs> top 100 scariest movie moments. I will be watching that two days from now, October 1st. Okay. I'm very excited. Um, and then, of course, Kill Count videos, which I still watch to this day. They still come out every fr- Friday, I think. I I watched one on um, these movies called Fear Street on Netflix okay. that are supposed to be good, but I just watched the kill counts and then he's been doing, uh, the Friday the 13th movies. So I've never okay. watched any of them and watching them, like uh, watching them, him recap them every week. I'm like, ah, dude, those movies are fucking ass. Dude, you know, <laughs> you know what I, you know how we were talking about last week about how, like, you know, before, like it was just the, the, the bottom of the barrel, like the lowest of right. the lowest common denominator. Like all those movies, him him talking about them, he's like, oh, they just had a, a, a crew that was high on coke and they shot the movie in ten days in like a fucking forest in Connecticut, <laughs> right? Right. Um, that's that's what people think of when they think of horror still to this day. Sometimes is those mm-hmm. movies, and I think I, I think I like watching the Kill Counts for them because I think it's a nice appreciation of where things were. So you go, wow, even this like shitty horror movie has way more creative input, like tenfold. Than that thing did, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I, I, I'm, I, I think I'm going to try and watch Shaun of the Dead. I love Shaun of the Dead. Um, I'm going to try and watch um, the original Halloween, which I haven't seen in like 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try and watch uh, The Thing, the John Carpenter one. Have you seen that one? Have you, have you heard of it? heard of it the thing uh yeah that's the one with kurt russell right yeah yeah in antarctica so i have like three like two or three funny scenes from that which is that uh like i I remember off the top of my head always that like always make me laugh and it's like a running joke between me and my dad because we watched it together like he he had already watched it but like we watched it together when i watched it for the first time Mm -hmm. and uh it's that like he's fucking kurt russell's in like this uh, like the uh basically abandoned i guess like arctic base or whatever mm-hmm. and he's like he, he like leans through the hallway he's like hey sweden and like the guy behind him is like they're norwegian jack and then like 
not I, I feel like immediately after like he turns corner again he's like hey Sweden like, like, he's, like he's just he's, fucking he's so effortless, effortlessly cool in that movie he's and so then the other cool. one is he's playing chess against the computer do you remember this oh yeah and he pours the whiskey he, 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 the computer checkmates him and he like he pours the fucking drink in the computer and he gets like cheating bitch and, <laughs> so cool dude. Gre- like like to call a computer a cheating bitch and then also just like the what's the like the nonchalantness with which he just pours this fucking drink into the computer right like 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 that's something i would think about doing and ultimately not do right it's like every time something awful happens in like a game you're like for a split second you're like i'm gonna just fling this controller across the room and then you're immediately like but i can't like <laughs> so, like he was like cheating, bitch, and just immediately poured the fucking drink in. <laughs> it's, it's like that probably cost like ten thousand dollars, right? It's such a fucking dickhead, bro. Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, the thing, and oh, just the, just like peak like creature effects, right? Like people's oh, heads yeah. ripping off, and then there was so I don't know if you remember this, but there's like the dogs that get it first, right? They're in like in the, yep. in the dog kennel. And then they, there was, like, a shot of, like, the dog, like, turning. And then they cut to, like, another dog. And I thought it was the same dog. Like, it looks so real. And then his face splits open. And I remember being like, holy shit, that is the best special effects I've ever seen. Because usually you can right. tell, right? You can be like, that's the dog, that's the puppet. But for this, it just, like, it looked so real. And then when it did that the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, holy shit, holy shit. Okay. Yeah. it's it, That movie's incredible. I need to go back and watch it because I haven't watched it in a very long time. So that, I actually probably will go back and watch that um at some point this month for sure yeah yeah but yeah so yeah enjoy october and watch scary movies um i'm always down for even movies that are like you know shot of the dead not particularly scary right just has zombies right um i'm trying to think did you did you ever watch that video i sent you with quentin tarantino's like yeah 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 Mm -hmm. and he has shot of the dead in there and i was like oh that's great like it's weird because because i know i'm not someone that necessarily views movies like super critically when i first watched them it's always nice when there's, like, a movie that I love and then, like, an auteur is, like, that one's amazing. Right? You know what I mean? Like, Quentin yes. Tarantino, of all people, is, like, Shaun of the Dead. He says Shaun of the Dead is my favorite British film to come out in the past 17 years. Um, right. Damn. So, that thing's a banger. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not yes. just me. Um, it is so, so good. I, I it's, it's a top five, like, all-time movie for me. I, not, not in, like, best, just in favorite. I think I could right. watch that movie, like... All the time, every time, you know, there's always, I always find new stuff. I, I think even last year, I didn't watch it last year. I think two years ago I watched it for Halloween and there was a line or a joke that I caught that I was like, I had never caught that before. That's kind of fucking amazing. Like, right. Like, that's so right. cool. Um, I, th- I forget what it was. It was just like a small joke that I was like, oh shit. Um, but yeah, so good, dude. And I bought the 4k for it for my PS5. Um, I had been I'm trying to, you know, I've been buying movies that were like, you know, big budget ones, like right, the dark Knight. Yeah. I bought Avengers one Mad Max, like big budget ones to make it worth it. But that was like the first one where I was like, you know what? I don't care if it's mostly like a comedy. I have to have it. Like it's like top five, like all time for me. Like, right. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Everybody get into spooky season, right? Yep. Um, so that's definitely, uh, you know, uh, for spooky season, you could be a 56 year old man lying about 
how they were best friends with the kid that just committed suicide and infiltrating the family. Um, <laughs> shout out to shout out to the director of Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ! All right, that's how we're gonna end this episode. Shout out to dear Evan Hansen being just unabashedly terrible. Um, at least at least the movie. Uh, you know, if you're really into the stage play, uh, you know that's on you. Um, but uh, if you want to catch me, you can catch me at Instagram or Twitter at Team Moneybags, and I'm at Evercaster92 on Instagram. You can catch the podcast directly at Different uh, Diff Animals Pod on Instagram and Twitter, or you can email us Different Animals Podcast at Gmail dot com. Um, as usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we will catch you guys next week. Later, peace.